So today's movie is Splash from Mr. Ron Howard, the director of the live action The Grinch and A Beautiful Mind with producer Brian Grazer and star Tom Hanks, and superstar Daryl Hannah. I have some questions and I don't want to spoil anything, but, you know, let's say things work out for Tom Hanks and this mermaid that he falls in love with. I just have some logistical questions about, you know, making a long-lasting relationship happen with a half-fish. I mean, like, can he be a pescatarian anymore? Would that be weird? If he, like, if he wanted to go for surf and turf, would, would that be not okay? Or would she feel like, like he was eating her cousin? I'm just asking. I just want to know. Anyways, today's movie is Splash. Welcome, everybody, to A Gentleman's Guide to Rom-Coms. My name is Kelly Song. As with me is... What the... What the... (laughs) I am as with you. I am am as with with you you as my co-host is... Uh, Ryan Graves, as with you. As always with you. (laughs) And uh, as always with you. May the force always be with you as it is. As with you, with mm. Kelly Song, Kelly Song. It's new, everybody. Kelly Song, not Kelly McCrillis. It's Kelly Song. It felt like, it felt like I was saying a swear word. Like I, <laughs> I felt like a kid who was saying the wrong thing, and then I look around and all the adults are looking at me, and I'm like, I knew that was wrong before I said it. <laughs> there will be future McCrillises, though, just not from you. <laughs> oh yeah, no, there's there's a bunch of McCrillises out there. In the, world. the name lives on, but not thanks to you. Yeah, I have like twenty cousins. <clears throat> but you you're the beginning of a new like uh, what's the what's the word like progenitor? You're a new, yeah, you're the progenitor. You're a new franchise, the song franchise. <laughs> uh, we're brand the song brand. Yeah, uh, we're we're a tasty new slap treat that you can. Yeah, like um, the Corleones. You're the songs. You know, it's it's, it's a new thing. New saga. Wait, did the is that true about the Godfather? Did they make up the Corleone? Name? Well, no. Corleone is where the Don was from. He was from the town of Corleone, and yeah, when he but, got to America, that's where he got his new name. Was oh, like, he came through the he came through the he came through Ellis yeah. Island, and they're like, okay, you're Corleone. Which you know, now that I'm saying this, the Imperial officer giving Han Solo the name of Solo, it's like, well. You know, he got this idea from The Godfather Part 2, so I guess he's not that off. Well, well hold on, but then he would be Han, Han Nowhere, or Han, Han the Sewers. But, you know, your 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 new surname is not the, too dissimilar from the Han Solo style. Like, Song is a representation of the artistic creativity of your family. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Robin and I, like, the first thing that we tried to make together was was a song, so... There you go. And then now we're making babies, stepping up in the world. Yes, you are making beautiful things. Um, speaking of my wife, uh, we got a game made for us. Oh, wait, she made week. it. She made it. Right? Yeah, my nice. wife made us a game this week. Um, and so we're going to do Rom-Com Gents Holiday Edition, where mm. we need to guess both the title of the movie and the plot of said movie from a clip that Robin pulled from Netflix. Oh, cool. So I think these are all Netflix, like romantic comedy Christmas movies. Okay. Okay. And so I'm going to play it for you. Eventually we'll write Robin's written down the actual time code. So we'll take the, the actual, 
mm-hmm. <laughs> the um, clips. Yep. But okay, here we go. Um, so I don't know these movies either. So we're both going to try to guess them. Okay. What'd you think of? It's interesting. Can you tell me the story behind it? It was your grandmother's. She found it in the shop in France just before we met. I was on leave from the Air Force and we passed each other in the entrance to the Louvre. She dropped a book in the snow and I picked it up. The rest is history. So romantic. <laughs> I can't believe I never knew any of this. This is the time of the year I miss her the most. It's funny because she's so much like you. Never bought into all this holiday hoopla. That's the problem with having a great love. Pretty good ones don't stand a chance. Well, so okay. What I'm gonna I'm gonna say. Let's pull through the titles. The oh, no. title is called the Christmas Book. Oh, nice! Because they said Christmas book. Yeah. Okay, and then um, what about the the. Um, the plot well they find the christmas book and it turns out that this girl has been reading it and she starts doing weird things uh at night in the school dormitory that she's in um and it turns out that she's been kind of doing the dark deeds of the dark lord and mm -hmm. some hero has to go and rescue her from the chambers that um hold wait are you describing the chamber of secrets right now i might be Uh, i might be (laughs) but okay what's the christmas miracle of this movie turns out the one thing that would defeat lord voldemort is love (laughs) okay i'm gonna call this one christmas (laughs) hoo-ha and um uh, I'm going to try to actually describe the, <laughs> the, the plot, which is a young woman finds Christmas in the book that her great grandma or her grandma found Christmas in. And then she falls in love with a guy who loves Christmas more than she does. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm going to now I have the um, the actual oh, the answers. Okay. Yeah. First movie. The answer is, we were both wrong, but you were closer, The Holiday Calendar. Oh. <laughs> a talented photographer stuck in a dead-end job inherits an antique advent, cal- advent calendar that may be predicting the future and pointing her towards love. Wow, we suck at this. I used the word love. Oh, uh, yeah, you did too. Uh, predicting the future. Yours was more. Cl- yours was closer because it was more fantastical. I thought it was mm-hmm. just like... You yeah, know, your normal run of the mill. Who stars in it? I don't know. Somebody. Okay. Um, but it's on Netflix. I think all these are often on Netflix. Okay, I'm going to okay. play the next one. Okay. Okay. Shard agreed to meet us at the Grand Lafayette. <laughs> so, Adrian, are we driving out there together? You can take my Porsche. Actually, I was thinking we might need something a little bigger. Maybe I'll bring another team member. Who? Rachel. I'm free this weekend. Rachel, you want me to come to the pitch? Yeah. But she doesn't know anything about buildings. No, it's perfect. <laughs> now, what did they say at the end? She doesn't know anything about billings? 
I think I yeah. Let's say she doesn't know anything about Billings. And okay, okay so like Montana. It's, yeah. So okay. let's let's say a hundred Christmas Billings for Christmas. A hundred Billings for Christmas, like bills, like like dollar bills, like you're really rich. That's what you're going with. A hundred Billings for Christmas. Okay. What's yes. the, what's okay? Okay. Yes. What's what's Ryan, what's the what's the plot for 100, 100 Billings for Christmas? The CEO of Billings, who uh, owns a port, who wait, owns a Porsche. Hold on, <laughs> the CEO of the city. Billings. Yeah, okay. I forgot it was a corporation. The chief executive officer of uh-huh. Billings. Uh, they want to make a pitch to Montana to franchise their city. So a hundred hmm. Billings. Uh, and they want it to oh, happen one what two per billings. state two per yeah. state yeah i got yeah. it i got it no just in montana they want they want uh, the franchise <laughs> you know montana homegrown so 100 more billings for montana so they need to make the pitch to the president of montana and so they're does he outrank taking, the ceo of billings yes yes okay. he does um it's actually a it's actually a she um, oh yeah you know what that was that was presumptuous of really me. Really sexist. I thought, that, yeah. I thought since we were in Montana, you know. Sure, you know, sure. You know. You'd be surprised. So they're going to go to the capital of Montana, which is Helena, I think. Bonham Carter, um, yes. She she is the CEO <laughs> of oh, the capital. Hel- no, Helena Bonham Carter is the president of Montana, so they have to go is to Helena. Is she the one that sounds mean in the, in the clip? Mm-hmm, okay. yes. No, no, she's not in this. That's where they're going to. So they're going... Oh. And um, they're going to take a Porsche, but they need to mm-hmm. take something bigger. So they're going to take an Eldorado, an Eldorado SUV to um, the president. Are you, are you thinking a Durango? Because I believe an Eldorado nope, is a car. Yeah, maybe a Durango, maybe an Eldorado. <laughs> maybe one of those. So uh, they're going to bring Rachel along, mm. and that's going to cre- create a love triangle. So oh, nice. There you go. And, you um, know... It's it's funny because if you triangulate all of the Billingses that they're planning, yep. it it creates a horrible alchemy circle that is going to take all the lives of yep. everyone in Montana and create yeah. a philosopher's stone. Yeah, got to get away from that. So, yep. 100 Billings for Christmas. It stars um, that kid from the CW show, and it's directed by Mick G. And and Helena Bottom Carter. And Helena Bottom Carter. She produces it. Yeah, she's a producer. Um, okay. I'm going to say, um, if you want, you can just take my plot. Cause that's, that's the one. A Christmas. I, <laughs> I, I, I think, I think I'm going to call this a, um, Christmas on the pitch. And oh. I think it's, <laughs> it's going to be about a, a maverick soccer player who has a, like the owner of the soccer team has a huge crush on this this maverick guy because of his rock and bod and, and mainly his butt. And she's like trying to get him to like come over to her. Maybe maybe she owns a rival team and she's trying to get him to come over to her team. But there's like this young, you know, coach that she's actually in love with him. She's his coach, but she's in love with him. And she's like, but what about me? And he's like, you know, you know what? I don't like these fancy owners with their Porsches. I'm more into, I'm more into dating my coach. And so that's, that's who Rachel is. Yeah. Yeah. And okay. then they start playing the song. Put me in coach. I'm ready to play today. 
yeah. play with your butt. Yeah. Okay. So the the answer. I mean, I think yours is probably correct. Okay. Um, the answer is snowbound for Christmas. Snowbound for Christmas in Billings, a, Montana. A uh, a bright marketing executive and her charming boss spark unexpected oh holiday magic while snowed in during a business trip at an empty luxury resort. Oh, that sounds boring. That sounds okay. boring. Okay. Next. Um, next. Ma'am, do you need help? Oh, no, he didn't. Excuse me? Did you just call me ma'am? No. Yeah, you did. Listen, buddy, I'm 32. That's only two years older than... I'm... Wait, wait. Why do you know how old I am? You're a cop. No. <laughs> We've been made. He's on the run. Meet me in the back of the alley. Ooh, I get to go first this time. Okay. I know this one. I, this is called A Criminal for Christmas. Oh, yes. Now, um, what this is, it's basically a bunch of undercover cops who have decided we're really tired of being the police after after <laughs> these last couple crazy years. And so what we're going to do is pursue a new life as a Santa Claus. And mm. so we're all going to be collective Santa Clauses. Santa Clai? Santa mm-hmm. Clai. And what we're going to do is kidnap all the criminals we can and force them into slave labor to be yes. our elves. Yes. I love it. And starring Dean, Dean, they unfreeze Dean Kane for this one. Perfect. Mine's called The Christmas Con, and it stars, um, it stars Lauren Graham as a 32-year-old woman, even though she's now not 32, but Netflix wants to... Propelgate, it's Lauren Graham, you know, properties like Gilmore Girls and all that. I would love to see this. Yes. And Lauren Graham is masquerading as a 30 year old woman. And (laughs) Lauren Graham started 30 as 32 in Gilmore Girls, right? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And she, uh, in order to do that, becomes a mall cop. And she encounters uh, another man who is trying to rob the cosmetics department of Bloomingdale's. And like the most expensive, the most expensive perfume. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And sparks, sparks fly, and so do bullets. And they have to team together to actually take down the evil corporation of Bloomingdale's because Bloomingdale says, you know what, Lauren Graham, you're actually 50 and she can't handle that. So they concoct the Christmas con, which is to make the CEO of Bloomingdale's wrong and prove once and for all that she's 32 forever. How does that con work? I, I don't know, but okay, that's where yeah, the movie I mean, will be going. Okay, great. So number three, um, you and I were both very close. <clears throat> The Chris, I don't know how both of those were <laughs> close to anything. The Christmas catch. The Christmas catch. I, I, I was so close. I said a criminal for Christmas. So there's a lot of, there's a lot of consonants going on. Here. Yeah. A cop working undercover to trail a, a possible diamond thief. Oh, come on. Bloomingdale's. Gets, gets caught in a tricky spot when she finds new clothes. No, oh, sorry. <clears throat> At Bloomingdale. No, she finds new clues. <laughs> Oh. And new feelings for the suspect at Bloomingdale's. I think so. It doesn't <laughs> say here, but I bet it. I bet that is the case. It takes place uh, at Bloomingdale's. All right, this one. Uh, this is our longest one. Are you ready? Yeah. 
Is this another intervention? No, honey, Natalie is your brother's girlfriend. <laughs> you, oh, you're, you're, you're serious. Really? Really. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, that is awesome. Yeah, we, you know, we were just saying in the car, right? We were, we were, we were talking about this talking for like about hours, it. about how, yeah. how is Joshy still single? Yeah, yeah, I mean, granted, he still lives at home, and, you know, the glasses aren't doing many favors. No, they're not. But, you know what, I am so pumped about this. Are you pumped about I, this? I am so pumped. Oh, uh, we, this is a Christmas miracle. Thank you so much, Natasha. You know what? The pleasure's all mine, Oren. This is a brother's girlfriend for Christmas. Mm-hmm. Um, where... Uh, basically the entire movie consists of one brother just ripping into his other brother and just destroying him about his entire life, whether it's his glasses, his bad job, his series of failed relationships, so much so that he forces this guy to abandon the relationship and then he steals his brother's girlfriend. Mm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mine's called A Christmas Concubine. <laughs> Again, with the consonants. Yeah. Uh, you got to have them snappy. The, the titles have to be snappy. So a Christmas concubine. Wait, you you thought a brother's girlfriend for Christmas wasn't snappy? That's snappy. <laughs> I prefer a Christmas concubine. A Christmas concubine is, stars um, Jeff Probst as a young man who falls in love with a lady of the night. And, you know, they hit it off and they don't make love. They just... They just have a they good time. They make with the sex. Mm-hmm. And oh, they don't uh, make love. They don't. They don't make love. So this is kind of the opposite of um, uh, what's what's the Richard Gere, Julia Roberts, Pretty Woman. Yeah, yeah. This is like but, good, good lady, good lady and, who doesn't sleep with me. And then they run into each other. They only kiss on the mouth. Yep. Then <laughs> they run into each other at his Wyoming farmstead family reunion during Christmas. Is it because and she's also like she's come to work on the farm? That's what she and does. She's also in the there. Winter. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because it gets it gets real cold, you know. Well, and, and then then oh, it, he more. finds out he finds out that the the woman was is is dating his brother, and mm. he's he's just hoping that this year he's going to have a Christmas concubine. So there you go. Well, <laughs> we're both wrong. Um, this one, but this was a difficult one to, to predict because this one was love hard. Mm. After meeting her perfect match on a dating app, an L.A. writer learns she's been catfished when she flies 3,000 miles to surprise him for Christmas. Yeah, I saw okay. this preview. It stars Nina Dobrev, and I was like, that Nina Dobrev is cute. <laughs> All right, well, let's see if you can tell whether this next person is cute. Christmas and come back soon. Hey, boss. You know the Christmas baking contest you're always talking about? Uh-huh. Ta-da. The royal family of Belgravia invites you to compete in our Christmas baking competition. Can you believe it? It's the Nutcracker. Christmas is a magical time of year. I just wish I had someone to spend it with. Christmas wishes have been known to come true. I am so sorry. No problem. Who 
are you? Lady Margaret Delacourt, Duchess Montanaro. Stacey DeNovo. I think we were destined to run into each other. I'm supposed to marry Prince Edward on New Year's Day. Okay, so... Um... You didn't hear it in your version, audience, but in our version, um, my baby, my wife was recording all of these downstairs for us, <laughs> and my baby just like ripped uh, a big fat one like right into the <laughs> the microphone. So that was great. Um, Ryan, what movie is this? Is this the Christmas Prince sequel or Christmas Prince? The Christmas or is Prince. Too too much. Too many princes. Too legit Christmas Prince, or, or is it a Christmas Switch with that Vanessa Hudgens lady? I don't know. Because I, I think I think it's a princess switch. I think we we've got we've got some some girl being like, oh, well, I have one accent, and the other girl being like, I'm an American, I have another accent, but we ran into each other. What's what? Parent I think it's trap a prince style. I think it's a princess switch. I think Christmas neither, switch. It's a no. I or think the it's princess a, switch. I think it's the princess switch is what we call it. Okay. But I, but I think they switch and they end up falling in love with, by they pretend to be each other and then they fall in love with the people that the other one would never have fallen in love with back at home. Parent trap style. It is the princess switch. Yeah! When a down-to-earth Chicago baker and a soon-to-be princess discover they look like twins, they hatch a Christmas-time plan to trade places. How can you just look like twins? Come on! Some, they gotta be twins. They gotta someone, be real life twins. Someone say that I look very similar to Prince William. Yeah, sure. You yeah, you totally do. Never mind. You so look I, exactly like Prince. I William. could pull it off. Uh, you know what? For the audience, um, on the day this drops, I'm gonna need you on the Instagram to put the closest <laughs> match of a photo of you and a photo of Prince William. Okay. Ah 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 ah. Well, that was um, that was Robin's game. Thanks, Robin. Appreciate you and all your hard work and all of our babies' farts. Um, <laughs> Ryan, how about we start talking about the movie we're actually here to talk about today? 1984's Splash? That's right. Yes. So let me tell you a story. Tell me a story, Turk. Let me tell you a story about love, D'Artagnan. I ask you about love. Probably quote me a sonnet. I'm not much more than an interpreter, and not very good at telling stories. That's the end. What do you mean that's the end? That's not. It's the beginning of something interesting. Listen, that's the end of that saga. The end. Splash is about Tom Hanks in his first leading role, I think, right? Yeah. After Bosom Buddies. Yep. Um, he plays, uh, well, our first opening scene, we get a... Back in the nineteen early nineteen sixties, this and kid fell in the water one I time. I had no idea the sixties were this golden colored, but it's amazing. <laughs> yeah, it is it looks absolutely fun. it is it is the most memory colored we've gotten as a palette. Yeah, we get this flashback and I was like, Oh, the curly haired kid looks like the kid from Big, so I guess that's Tom Hanks, and the other kid looks like Chunk from the Goonies, so I guess that's John Candy, because I saw that he's in the movie too. Yeah. So there you go. And John Candy's a little bit of a son of a bitch because he spills change under like all the women's dresses and pretends to pick it up so that he can like look up at their their panties. Yeah. Kid, uh, kids got game. Kids, what, do you, what do you think, right? I don't know. Kids these days, right? So yeah. Tom Hanks, not Jeez. Tom Hanks, but the little kid Tom Hanks falls into the water and he meets tiny, this, tiny Tom Hanks. Yeah, he meets um, he meets a girl under there and she keeps him Tom, alive and then he gets rescued. 
uh, dainty Daryl Hannah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, little little Daryl, little Daryl Hannah. Lol. <laughs> um, and These we, are basically the people who would be the little rascals of Tom Hanks's life. Yeah, uh, and that's that's his tragic backstory. Even though no one dies, uh, no. so then we catch up with him, and he's in his late twenties, and he's already he's running his passed on dad's grocery fruit stand. Yeah, it, it, his like, whole, he works down by the docks in New York, and he, he sells fruits. He's, he's like a, a wholesaler. Yeah, he's yeah. a wholesaler to all the grocery stores. And John Candy's like. So John Candy rolls into town in his like Ferrari thing, and he's like, "I got published into Penthouse," and I'm like, "The fuck is this doing on Disney Plus?" Ah, <laughs> um, uh, yeah. I mean, it's it's well. From let the me 80s. ask you real quick: Did you watch this on Disney Plus, or did you rent it on Amazon? No, I watched it on Disney Plus, um, which was a bummer because I didn't get to see Daryl Hannah's bum. Um, I I wonder if they covered up other things because I feel like I saw some nipples in this movie and I'm, wait, I'm you kinda, mean back in the day? No, it just I I didn't watch it on Disney Plus. I watched it on Amazon and I feel like I saw some brief nudity a lot. And oh, I'm you curious. mean when she's swimming around? Yeah. You know, uh, I I didn't do a side by side comparison, but I'm I'm glad you watched the other version. Um, the the whenever she swam by in my version. Like you could, it was just basically hair covering breasts. Like you couldn't quite see, you know, like her breasts whenever she, she's a mermaid. Daryl Hannah's a mermaid. What? Um, so she wasn't like covered up by like, what's the cartoon crab from Little Mermaid? Like two little Sebastians just kind of like rolling around on top of her? No, no. It, <laughs> like I, I actually think that the filmmakers just did a good job like covering. Covering um, up. N- covering nipples which hey i'm all for freeing the nipple but um this is 1984 and they uh yeah they they just covered that nipple yeah uh, to make it to make it a pg for the general <laughs> audience but you know it was totally cool for john cannon to be like ah penthouse what a great family magazine for everyone to be looking at <laughs> well i think probably the logic of the disney ceos are we they literally can't cut that scene because it's John Candy's opening scene. Yeah, yeah, and it kind of establishes him as a blowhard, like mm-hmm. creep ish kind of dude. Yeah. Um. But it, on top of that, they're probably thinking kids don't know what penthouse is. Yeah, I think it's one of those things where they were correct. Like we would have been like, ah, I don't know, because yeah. I feel like I watch a lot of movies that I was a kid. I'm like, I had no idea. <laughs> Um, what, what do you feel just because this is a huge topic in the news right now? I didn't know how, how big it was, but a lot of people are writing about Disney basically doing what television did in the past and creating like warnings, uh, ahead of certain projects, um, where they say this has been edited for content. Um, what do you think about them? Like taking out basically, if you don't know, they cover up Daryl Hannah's butt at one point in time with in digital hair with, with digital hair. And they it doesn't they look job of the hut it. They do special edition stuff. It's scary hair. <laughs> <laughs> like it, she, she basically looks like cousin it for a second. <laughs> um, uh, I'm completely, completely 100% against them doing this. I don't care too. what the content is. I don't care for what purpose it's not. Okay. I think it, if, if parents want to police their kids, they can do that themselves. Do not fuck with 
actual content. Yeah, and just leave it alone. Just, just like what I don't understand is why they're pushing for this movie to be on Disney Plus in the first place. Because I it's, really don't understand who this movie's for. Me neither. At this point, yeah. I uh, we'll get into that. Let's let's not let's not blast past it. Let's let's talk. Let's jump back into this. But story. either way, Disney like the intro to this movie is if you watch on Disney Plus. Disney Plus says, by the way, we edited this movie. And it's like, I'm not watching this on TNT. Show me everything. What's, yeah, what's the deal? Exactly. I'm paying for I'm paying for butts. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Tom Hanks is a busy, hectic life selling fruit. Yeah. And, and this John guy's Candy like, where's just my isn't cherries? Helping out. Yeah. <laughs> but you, you can tell Tom Hanks is kind of savvy because he like figures out a way around it. John Candy. I don't know how he affords this Ferrari and his lifestyle of almost hitting people with his car. When he has no money, yeah, but apparently he can. I don't think the profit margins of a fruit wholesaler in New York City is that big, but you know, more power to them, I guess. Yeah, maybe. I mean, he's a gambler. We find out, so maybe he wins some money. Sure. So, uh, you know, we find out that there's a girlfriend, but then you know she dumps him over the phone because her name's Victoria. Now, wasn't that also his girlfriend in another? Um, is that another supposed Tom in Hanks Seattle, movie? Victoria? I think I so. I think that's the the lady with the laugh that he he dates. Yeah, I think that I think so. So Victoria, Vic- Victoria. Um, so he, she does the classic, and it's like, how many cliches do we have time for today? She does the classic "Do you love me?" thing, and he does the classic like, "Oh, I I couldn't possibly say I love someone over the phone or to any girl ever." So I don't know what to say. So he just kind of blubbers his way out of it and gets dumped. And she leaves him off screen. Yeah. Brave and, choice movie. Yeah. And then <gasps> he has his classic bachelor's freak out. I'm going to die alone. Oh, woe is me. And gets drunk at a wedding. And and John Candy's like, hey, let's uh, let's go be John Candy kind of people and, and go to Rio with these two babes that'll sleep with us in Rio. Yes. Um, this is a movie does, on Disney Plus. Um, does this mean for like in Rio... Like, does does that mean Rio de Janeiro and they're going to go to Brazil the next day? Yes. Tom Hanks doesn't strike me as someone who has his, like, passport up to date. Right. No, that's why he's like, I'm going to go to Cape Cod. So he decides yeah. to go Which, for... Which, fair. I'd like to go to Cape Cod right now. Yeah, he decides, I'm going to Cape Cod, get my, you know, my... Uh, Figure out my head, get get back to normal, sober up. But seemingly up. he has a bunch of money because he pays for a cab to get up there. And like I, I want to know how much that costs him. <laughs> yeah, and, and can't you just go home for a minute, pack, then go to Cape Cod? You can still take the cab, but don't you want well, like he's a very pack of drunk. clothes? Yeah, I guess so. But he's got a lot of cash to do this, so so he goes to he Cape Cod. He, he gets dropped off, and that's where he meets Eugene Levy, who is basically this crabby ass like scientist of some kind who has a couple of lackeys. Um, yeah, his his Igor. Yep. Um, as it were and he's like really mad at him and he's loading some equipment and tom hanks is like okay cool and eugene levy's like i know that you're following me from this place and tom hanks is like whatever and tom hanks also can't swim that's a thing and mm-hmm. so he goes out into the ocean and eventually he eventually basically he falls overboard mm-hmm. um and he gets rescued by a, a daryl hannah mm-hmm. and, and she's beautiful and <clears throat> lovely yes and she she rescues him and uh she kisses him because that's like, she's like, man, this is how I communicate is through yeah. kisses. And Tom Hanks and, is like, sweet. And she remembers him because she's the little girl that saved him from before, but he doesn't remember her. Yeah. And he doesn't see the fins 
Right. So because <clears throat> she can change her her legs into um into legs. Yes, yeah, so the, into legs. They're on also, the beach. Like, dude, I, I I think this is very generally known that uh, mermaids have fantastic memories. Like, their SAT scores are generally through the freaking roof. Oh, are they? I, I don't know. I haven't gone in on much, like, mermaid mythology. I haven't either, actually. <laughs> I know they're confused by whatchamacallits and what's the, what is, what's the song in Little Mermaid? Because she's like, oh, oh what's thingamajigs? I've got plenty. Yeah. Um, yeah, there, actually, uh, at one point in time, we get a, a view of Daryl Hannah's, like, um, like Ariel's hangout yeah. spot and it's strikingly similar. Yeah. I, and, but this came out before little mermaid. Mm-hmm. Well, I read, I don't know if this is true, but I read that they changed Ariel's hair from blonde to red, um, because they didn't want it to remind people of splash. They wanted hey, good, to stand out. Good choice. I think, I think red's a good choice in an ocean. Yeah. So they, they aren't, she rescues him. She takes him onto the beach. They, they make out, and then she like runs away and has cousin it hair and has to cover up her booty. Yep. And so, okay. And so um, he's depressed because he loses her and he goes back to New York. And Eugene Levy, in the meantime, like spots her in the ocean. He's like, obviously, he's looking for a mermaid. And he's yeah, found it's her. like, I found a mermaid. And he's really angry. <laughs> um, and then she finds his wallet in the ocean and ends up. Uh, like traveling to New York to go find Tom Hanks uh, yeah. because she she like has maps in an old ship and she's like I can I can make my way down the coast and mm-hmm. go see a Hanks. She, so uh, she goes she goes to New York. She gets the Statue of Liberty. She's all she's all naked and people are like Oh my gosh, she's naked! And oh know, my god, this scene. <laughs> to their credit, I too would freak out if I saw Daryl Hannah naked, but <laughs> but you wouldn't do this. <laughs> oh my god! So what happens is every man is also kind of like a, um, uh, like, like if you combined the attitude of John Candy and the mob mentality of the little rascals into a bunch of tourists, that's into what the, you get here. With the energy of Benny Hill. Yes, they all run over. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. They run over to her and they're like trying to take pictures with her and they're like pawing at her and they're like, oh, oh, cool. This crazy naked lady. Whoa, go. This is crazy. And it's like, what universe is this? Yeah. And it's like for you and I, uh, you know, we're from Portland and uh, I haven't quite encountered completely naked people in Portland, but nothing surprises me in Portland anymore. So if I did, I'd be like, oh, okay, And I would just keep going. (laughs) Yeah, but. Like, even so, like, if you saw somebody naked in downtown Wichita. That would be jarring. It, okay, it, it might. It wouldn't it might, be jarring in Portland. It would be a little weird in Wichita. It wouldn't be okay, so weird It would in be Portland. weird, but what I'm saying is nobody would react like this. No, no. 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 So anyway, she gets picked up by the police. They, she has the wallet. And so they phone Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks comes over and she kisses him again. And then they presumably just go home and have sex. She is all over him. And she's like, let's, she doesn't say anything because she can't speak yet, but she's just macking with him and just wants to bone his bones. And Tom Hanks is like, sweet. And (laughs) yeah. 
that's basically how it happens is they go home. We have a cut to there's a lot of fades in this movie that I wasn't sure. So when they have sex in your version, um, <laughs> does it actually cut to them like taking off clothes or anything or does no. it just? No, okay. it's very much like golden age of Hollywood where it's like doors close and we're supposed to be like, Oh, I see they they're boning, but we're not allowed to watch the boning. I don't even know if that happens in this one. Like, I think we go from the, um, well, you, you got it that they, they've, they went to bone. So you figured it out. I figured it out, but what, what it does is it goes straight from the, um, the police station to the room like the next wait, later that afternoon. Wait, did you did you see when they got in the elevator and the elevator stops for a minute? No. Really? No. Oh, Not that I remember. That's in my version where she he pulls her into the elevator and he's like pawing to like get the elevator doors to close and it does that thing where it's like up a floor, up a floor, oh, it stopped. And we're supposed to be like, oh, so they can go bone in the elevator. And then oh. they go and bone some more. And then we cut to later where he's like making her food and he's like, I got to get back. And then she's like starts making out with him again. And yeah. he's like, and ah, he's like I, I, got, I don't have to. I could bone one more time, I guess. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and again, who is this movie for? Yeah, because I mean, I'm all for people making love and, and, and doing it all night long or day long. Um, <laughs> Middle of the work week. I don't care, but it's, it's like, this is like kind of a movie for adults, but with the intelligence of a movie for a 12 year old. Right. And I want to, I want to start off that this is a Brian Grazer, Ron Howard film. This yes. is Ron Howard's like third feature. This is the filmmakers behind A Beautiful Mind and Arrested Development. And Apollo 13. Mm-hmm. And so, like, these are the Frost Nixon, for goodness sakes. These are these are eventually very good filmmakers. Yes. Um, so this is where we are, where basically I think we can very much like blast through the story of this movie pretty quickly. Basically, it's a fish out of water thing. You've seen Enchanted. Oh, <laughs> snap, he did snap, it. Snap, Ladies and gentlemen, snap. he can retire now. <laughs> So she like learns how to speak English because she watches television for a few hours and she, she destroys all the televisions once he finds her and she because... catches up on culture and all of that. <laughs> she yeah, she catches up on culture. She she dresses well using his credit cards. And then there's the scene where she's like missing being a fish. And so she goes and takes a saltwater bath uh, in Tom Hanks bath. And then Tom and, Hanks wakes up and this freaks Tom Hanks out. He's like, why would you go to the bathroom? Well, yeah. So context, she turns into a mermaid when she's in salt water, any water, apparently, but mm-hmm. in in water. Um, and so she's in the bathtub as a mermaid. And then Tom Hanks comes up and he's like, hey, how's it going? What's going on? And she's like, oh, nothing. I'm just in here taking a bath. And he's like, oh, OK, can I come in? And she's like, no. And he, he like immediately finds it crazily suspicious. And <laughs> and she's like. No, and then he hears her fall down and he's like, let me in, let me in. Oh my gosh, what's going on? And it's like, no human being would like, like what if she was taking a wicked dump or something like that? <laughs> also, it's somebody's privacy. Leave them alone. This Not is, a good look, I, Tom Hanks. Not this a good is bef- look. This is before people knew that Tom Hanks c- w- could not, would not, is bad at playing an asshole. Yeah. 
Yeah, like you don't you don't give him moves like this. You just don't give him catch me if you can or something. Or or in Cloud Atlas where he's against type, but you just don't give him dick moves like this. No, this is a very dick move. Um, but regardless, she doesn't care because she's more worried about something else, and the movie doesn't care about it. Yeah, and she's like, I have to leave in nine days because I can only be around here in the light of the full moon for some whatever mythological reason. And Tom Hanks yeah. is like, Oh, okay, so it's like an immigration thing. And she's like, Yeah, sure. And so he's like, Ah, I get it. I'm in love with you. Let's get married. Well, um, she, no, no, she falls in love with him first because they go on a couple of dates and then she buys him a fountain, which she gets this fountain that's going to be torn down and replaced by condominiums and she gets it in his bedroom. It's too big. It wouldn't fit through the door of his bedroom. There's no way they could put that fountain in that bedroom. Oh, yeah. (laughs) But regardless, afterwards, she says she loves him. He says he loves you back. And... Then then he's like, you should stay and be married to me. And she's like, no, I can't. But she's always giving him like the runaround and not really quite being like obvious with her answers. Like she's like, we don't have snow where we come from. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no music where we come from. There's like this moment where they watch a, a street quartet. But then there's like another moment where she starts dancing with these beatboxers. And like Tom Hanks is like, no, don't. Don't dance like, with them. <laughs> are you pulling her away because you think like these guys are dangerous or because they're black or, or like, you're embarrassed. What? What's going on? Or you're on? embarrassed because of her or like what's going on here? <laughs> I, I just couldn't tell what this movie was trying to tell me. So, uh, yeah. So after like dating for like three days, he's like, no, I want to spend the rest of my life with her. And it's like, which <laughs> if you're, if you're a depressed Tom Hanks and you also have this connection to her because for some reason, some mythological thing, like he's connected to her through when she saved him as a kid. Even though sure, he remember but all her. he knows about her is that she really likes to have sex with him. Hey, sometimes <laughs> that's enough, isn't it? That's enough for marriage, I suppose. But it's like, for the depths of the ocean of this film, I find the story quite shallow. Oh, no. <laughs> There's Ryan shooting a harpoon through the heart of this movie. I, I next mean, <laughs> we have what will he skewer next? Um, <laughs> I think. Mean, would it, you concur at this point? Where you're just like, what's the like? What's the point of this relationship? What am I supposed to get from this? Yeah, I thought this movie was kind of dumb. <laughs> like the plot, I, I I find fascinating, but like the way it came about was real stupid. Yeah, and we don't we're not generally like like it. It isn't even a bad movie necessarily. It's just so blase and basic for a tom hanks ron howard daryl hannah joint yeah with john candy in it yeah it's like there's barely anything redeemable about any character in this movie really when you think about it yeah and we'll just live with that well and so the, so eugene, eugene levy keeps splashing the same couple <laughs> with water because he's he's like he's, the movie is called splash and so he's he's trying to prove that there's a because he knows her he's seen her underwater and he saw her in the magazine he sees that she's in New York. He keeps trying to throw water on her in order to turn her legs back into fins. Uh, but he somehow manages to splash the same woman a couple times and her boyfriend breaks his arms. <laughs> Good. <laughs> and uh, then eventually at like a meeting, for, like a, a presidential dinner that Tom Hanks gets invited to. Uh, Eugene Levy finally gets his he way, splashes her. She turns into a mermaid. The, the, the uh, U.S. government is horrible. They take her away and start doing experiments, <laughs> E.T. style on her. Um, yeah, yeah, this is very E.T. This, <laughs> this movie and and the 80s is like, um, okay, so what we're going to have, and Robin Robin actually was the one who pointed this out. I want to give her credit. It, like, there's a ton of stories about things that aren't humans becoming humans mm-hmm. with 
this with something like um what's the the movie with the mannequins mannequin <laughs> yeah um and then there's also stuff about like you know um extraterrestrials or something being kidnapped and tested on and mm-hmm. but you know love conquers all is what's gonna save the day yeah I, I did enjoy this cut two shot where it's Tom Hanks naked in a uh, fishbowl. It was so funny. I thought I think that it was, was the funniest great. thing in the movie. That was it's like ah some classic Tom Hanks humor here. Love it. And he's covering up his D. Yeah, and that's just so funny. It's just funny. It's like, what like were those hands digitally there? And like maybe maybe in the original cut it was just like <laughs> did you see his? Did you? I, I saw did you no. See I saw no. P- parts of him oh, okay so not in the amazon version yeah okay so uh he 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 is let out and he concocts a scheme with eugene levy to break her out of the government facilities eugene levy feels bad because he feels bad about it and they concoct a scheme and they there, get her there's out this funny sequence of tom hanks trying to like talk to eugene levy and he he like ends up he's in a dentist's office and he ends up stabbing himself with with like such <laughs> random humor it's just like the it screenwriter's is. like what's a situation i can throw them in oh dentist it's like sure and they're great physical comedians yeah like, so they do get like good tom with hanks it. dragging him out and eugene levy's like um leg being asleep is pretty funny yeah so they go in they they are going in john candy and tom hanks are masquerading as swedish doctors and the guard is like hey these guys aren't Swedish. And John Candy in Swedish says, hey, baby, I got a 12-inch dick. <laughs> yeah, because the question he's asked is like, what What are you guys doing? So, What are Swedes doing so far from home? And I have a 12-inch dick is his response, and that's what gets them past the guards. It's like, what, what does that mean to you? It's like, I had to come to America because... My my penis was too big for Sweden. Right? No, that's not a response that should let you in some place. And John Candy's like, "What? I heard it all the time in all the Swedish porn I've been watching. I had to use it somehow." And I'm like, "Again, I must ask, who is this for, and why is it on Disney Plus?" Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It doesn't make a lot of sense at all. Like, like Disney, Disney. If you if you're gonna edit movies like this, don't buy them. Yeah. Well. I mean, it is Disney's. This is it. Sh- it should be said that this is the first Touchstone movie. This is Disney's label for the first time. They said we're going to make movies that doesn't have the Disney label, but still going to be under the Disney household. And Touchstone makes some great stuff. Yeah, Touchstone made Rushmore, made. and it, they made Wes Anderson movies. They made other grown-up movies. They do a good job. But this is the first time where they're like, "Oh, how do we not make a kids' movie?" something like this and yet they still are like this would be like why is it that i can't find rushmore on disney plus but i can find splash that doesn't make sense they're both touchstone films i think i should get my cake and eat it too don't you think yeah and you know what like i feel like they eventually did this with it was uncle buck also a touchstone maybe they definitely figured out the balance of like if they're going to make a pg movie how to make it as Casting a wide, sorry, casting a as wide a net as possible. No, it's a wide net. It's a wide net. You got to cast a wide net out into that ocean. Yeah, that's for sure. So, but this is just like there's a lot of inappropriate humor, which maybe in the 1980s no one noticed. But I, I feel. Do can you tell me your experience of your memory of this movie existing? Because for me, I remember it being a movie where it's like, can I rent this? And my mom's like, 
no, I can understand why you want to rent this, but we're not renting this. So I barely remember this movie at all. It was one of those movies that my grandparents had on recorded VHS uh, that they had like ripped off of maybe the Disney Channel when they got the Disney Channel free for a little while or something. I I, I don't know. But they, they had it and I watched it and I kind of fell asleep to it. Mm-hmm. But I don't really remember this movie. But there, it's funny because there's movies that that are like this, like... Look at something like Cocoon, okay? Which Good is gentle of, humor of Cocoon. Well, one of it's one of Ron humor, Ron Howard's <laughs> next films, and there's like allusions to sex and there's swearing, but there's and there's like a little bit of violence in it, but there's it's something that I watched as a kid and I feel like is super appropriate for kids to watch. Uh-huh. But this movie, I think it's mainly John Candy comes in here and is such a a bore and I like John Candy. I like John Candy a lot, but like the it's it's not that the subject matter is so racy that kids just can't handle it. It's just like the jokes that they're trying to tell are not for kids. Right. Like kids wouldn't find them necessarily funny. Right. And also like I don't know if not necessarily kids couldn't handle like a like like butts or anything like that, but it's it's like like there's a movie where you could show butts and you could make like two characters that have sex a lot that would be for for kids in a way but this movie just does it so it's it's an anti-kid movie but like the whole concept is a movie that you'd be like oh that's for kids yeah so i don't know (laughs) the movie ends with them escaping and daryl hannah is like come live with me in the ocean and tom links is like Okay. <laughs> she takes him to her King uh, what's Atlantis. She Atlantis. Takes, she, takes yeah. Atlantis. she takes him to Atlantis with King Tython, whatever his name is. The, who's what? that guy from Little Mermaid? He's uh, with the trident. Triton? King Triton. Yeah, I was close. Yeah, yeah, him or Namor. Yeah, you know, one of the one of the the, the big bad. And seamen. he goes and lives his life in a, uh, under the sea. Yeah, I, I had questions about that because it's like he doesn't have flippers. He's not going to be able to swim as fast as everybody else, but maybe he gets them later on. Yeah. Also, he doesn't speak the language. I think it's... But she learned it fast enough. Yeah, so maybe. He'll, he'll catch up. And All right, let's go, let's go to Trope Talk. I don't care about okay. this. Welcome back, everybody, to Trope Talk. It's like Lock Talk, but with less monsters. Like Loch Ness monsters. Oh, oh, like Nessie. Like, with, um, with less... Well, yeah. Let, 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 me, let me take that again, but you just leave this in. Welcome back to Trope Talk. It's like Loch Ness Talk, but with less monsters. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's, um... It's almost Loch Ness. That's better. That's definitely better. Oh, kind of like... Yeah. Well, leave them both in and we can just, like, kind of workshop it with the audience. Oh, and they maybe can... Loch Lear, like Heather Loch Lear Talk, because she's a beautiful blonde woman, like... My dad like dated Darryl. Heather Loch Lear in seventh grade. <laughs> I always forget Isn't this fact and I'm just like, I don't believe you, but it's just like, it's so ridiculous a lie that it's, it's gotta be true. And I think it's true. No, I, I think they went on like a couple dates is all. I'm going to get, I'll, I'll give it to your dad. Way to go. Way to go, man. I think my mom was also on cheerleaders with her. Uh, okay. the high Good school. for her. Good for her. Yeah. California's a weird Weird, place. eh? <laughs> um, Anyways, our trope, let me tell you our trope. Yeah. Let uh, me, let me have it. It's supernatural love. It's love. Oh, that sexy fantasy love. Tell me all about it, Ryan. It's love between a normie, 
human person and mm-hmm. a supernatural character that would populate other fantasy stories, whether they have vampires. You've got your Bellas and you your got Edwards, your Edwards. You got your wizards, your witches, uh, your bakers, your Quakers, your candlestick makers. Oh my God. How? So you love saying that. Just for the audience, can you like elucidate why they've heard you say that like 45 times on this podcast? Just because it's snappy. I like things that are snappy. <laughs> um, hold on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so why, and why you got is your mermaids? Cool? Uh, yeah. Oh, and, and I mean, this is the same story that happens in Little Mermaid and Beauty and the Any, Beast. Anybody who falls in love with John Candy. Yes. Oh, can I tell you? Did you read Roger Ebert's review on this movie? No, I really wanted to, but I was kind of afraid. Yeah, so he is like, this movie's dumb, but you know what they should have done? They should not have used Tom Hanks as the lead. Like, who cares about this guy? Because he had no idea. He had no idea what was in store with Tom Hanks. And Roger Ebert's like, Tom Hanks is fine, I guess, but, you know, he's not leading man material. So what the opposite of true. So what they should do, what they and Roger Ebert said this. He's like, what they should have done instead, make the love interest John Candy, and it would be like, oh, this adorable schlub falling in love with a mermaid. And I'm like, wow, transparent Roger Ebert, who looked a <laughs> lot like John Candy. And and this whole movie feels like um, really, really, really softcore porn for men. <laughs> it really does. It feels like a boys club movie. Yeah, where it's like, wouldn't it be great if like like a woman just came out of the sea and she's like a mermaid and, and she looks like Daryl and Hannah. All, and, and all she wants to do She just is wants to have you. sex with you. And, and Isn't that great? And she just wants you all the time, no matter what. And she doesn't like even talk. Look, I get it. It would get boring. So eventually I guess you you'd have to talk, to talk to her. But like most of the time, but she at, doesn't talk most at Most of the time, sex. It's, it's male fantasy and it's really pathetic male fantasy. But we're not talking about that right now. We're talking about supernatural love. And and I do think that supernatural love, it being a fantasy, is like it speaks to uh, that. I, I don't want to call it a, a kink per se, but it's that fascination with the other, the dangerous, the thing that is outside of our experience that would be cool to tap into in a personal, primal, dare I say, sexual way. Yeah, and it's what I always enjoyed about the Twilight stories is, I've said this many times, it's like the metaphor of the boy as vampire and what does that represent and how how do those mythical tropes of the vampire f- like line up with the mythical tropes of the bad boy you know, character yeah. that you fall in love with. And it's very similar, like, uh, mythologically with mermaids, for instance. It's, you know, they they would lure sailors to them, uh, and they were, like, you know, beautiful and sitting on rocks and stuff. And they would mm-hmm. sing and lure sailors to them, and sailors mm-hmm. would be like, oh, yay. But then they would drown them and eat them. Yeah. And, and so and so it's talking about, like, the danger of being attracted to something that's scary and new and outside of the norm. Yeah. And, and like, if there were a genre... F- uh, or a gender flipped version of the Twilight story, it would be mermaids as like a, you know, just like mythical figure. Like mermaids mm. makes total sense of like representing a certain type of woman to men. Of, right. Sure. And so let me. Re- but it doesn't. It doesn't really talk about the dangers of that though. the The reason why I think this movie sucks in this <laughs> regard is because it's it's simply a. 
like nothing, nothing happens to Tom Hanks. He's fine. Right. He falls in love, has sex. At one point in time, he's put into a tank naked. And I guess that sucks. Right. But it's like nothing is asked of him in a way that I, I hate that I'm defending like <laughs> Bella from Twilight right now. But so much is asked of that character in regards to danger. Right. And that's why we have a grudging respect towards the Twilight movie. We're like, you hit your genre notes. You hit them. Like, maybe it's not great, but like you got that beginning middle end to it. So we we respect you. You're doing it. This is not really hitting the genre notes. It's just kind of like, eh, she's a fish lady. I don't know. Like, it'd be so much more fascinating if they were near the ocean the whole time because Tom Hanks can't swim in this movie. And so, like, that represents something dangerous to him, right? Yeah. And so, what if, like, there were more mermaids or something and, like, they're trying to find this middle ground of meeting, like, on Earth but near the water because maybe she has to go back every single night or something like that. But, you know, there's danger because, like, her family's like, no, we can't interact with um mortal humans or something like that there there just needed to be something else well i'll give the movie some credit is that it does end well in a certain sense because i i thought it was going to end with her like like no longer getting to be a mermaid that was like she's just going to want to be have a normal life with him it's like no he goes off with her it's like oh okay it's kind of a shrek ending like that yeah and it does have that exciting third act thing where it's like you got to break out your female love interest and it's like okay that there's some stakes because I do you did make me care I do want Tom Hanks to end up with Daryl Hannah so I want him to succeed in doing this sure but I will say I'm going to rewrite the movie and show you what they should have done you write your first draft with your heart and you rewrite with your head they should have made her an actual mythical mermaid the way that you were describing it because she was like, Ooh, let's bone. I thought there was a nefarious reason behind her wanting to bone Tom Hanks. Like what? Like I thought she was like trying to find a forever mate. And this is what she was doing is like, now that we've boned, you have no choice but to live with me in the ocean and like make it so that he's like imprisoned or enslaved by her because of that. Yeah. Okay, so what if that was the case where, like, she's been, he finds out about it somehow, and, like, that's what separates them, but then later on he comes to discover, actually, I do love her, and I don't want to be here anymore because my life sucks, Yeah, and, like, he makes the active choice to go with her, but that's, like, not what usually happens. But you could have given him a classic Tom Hanks freaks out scene in the same way that Joe versus Volcano, he has his freak out scene when he quits his job, he could have the same thing where he's, like... I like it here. I like my life. I, I, I sell fruit and vegetables. Like he's like, I don't want to live in the ocean <laughs> and just like make, give some, give conflict because she's just being a mermaid about things. It's like you come and you find a mermaid. I'm going to be mermaid. I'm going to trap you. I, that is what I do. That's my mythical yeah. purpose. I think that would be super fun because it doesn't have to be really serious. Like it doesn't have to be like, he's terrified of her and she's like, like so archly coming after him, but she's like, no, no, I'm going to convince you to come down into the ocean with me because I'm a little magical and I'm super sexy. And he's like trying to resist the whole time. Yeah, I think that could be fun. And it would be this. It would be akin to an Edward Cullen where he's like, ah, I'm so attracted to you, but oh, I, I feel so weird about it. Yeah. And- what if what if she falls in love with him? And so what she doesn't want to do is do the thing that she usually wants to do. Mm-hmm. Like there's something about love that breaks her 
like not necessarily evilness, but her propensity to do, having him do this against his will. Yeah. Yeah. That would have been so much better. And I'm sure like Ron Howard and Brian Gray's are like, yeah, that would have been better. Cause I feel like this movie is like a good first try from filmmakers who don't really haven't really hit it yet. Like, yeah, I feel like Tom Hanks probably looks at splash and just watches himself. And he's like, I could have done way better. Like, I feel like it's these, all of these guys are not hitting at a hundred percent. I don't think necessarily that Tom Hanks acting isn't hitting it. I think his acting's fine, but I, I think that the material is really letting him down. Yeah. That, yeah, that's, that's, that's what I feel. Um, well, that was trope talk. Um, why don't we move right on over to letters? Yeah. Hey, Flo. Huh? Mail come. Got mail for you. Oh, Pete, you've got mail. You sent me a letter. You've got mail. It was interesting because I was, I was, I too was taking a bath in a bathtub of oh, salt yeah. water. Okay. Um, Talk to me about it. And then uh, I was by myself. Sarah and Theo went shopping to get some tuna fish for lunch. And in came the train man. He was just wearing his little his little blue cap. He had his little his little whistle, and he had a train whistle too. It was like hoo hoo, but he also had mm-hmm. his like all aboard whistle. Whoa, he's he's really taking his job much more professionally than he usually is. Yeah, so he came into the bathroom, used it, and then threw this letter at me, and then left. Now, were you? Was it a onesie or a twosie? It was a onesie, fortunately. So okay, I didn't. I, I didn't have too much to deal with, but uh, I had to piece together what the letter was, and I figured out after I like looked through it and it dried after I used the hair dryer and all that stuff. Oh yeah, sure, sure, sure. It was your essay for our Patreon. Oh hey yeah 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 my essay. Um, was it any good? It was pretty good. I, I it was a little long, so I didn't finish it. But it's all about oh. it's all about Ted Lasso and the hallmarks and tenets of what Ted Lasso is on today's television market. Yes, I spent the last week basically watching the first two seasons of Ted Lasso um, for the audience. You know, mm-hmm. I didn't do it for myself. It was really for the people. And the show is just great. The show like, is dynamite. I didn't watch it for a long time, mainly because I didn't have Apple TV, but also, um, I don't know. It was one of those shows that get to- got talked up so much that I was just like, ugh. You know, you know when that happens when everybody's like, watch this show, and you're like, I don't want to really watch it now because you're all freaking out about yeah, it. Yeah, and that for us was Shit's Creek, and we're just now getting to Shit's Creek where all the hype has died down. It's like, you know what? We're gonna watch it on our terms, not when everyone's you know, telling us to feel. do it. That's how I feel. I've I've still not watched Shit Creek mainly for that reason. Mm-hmm. And, and it's it's the kind of thing where it's like now that the hype has died down, there's no like pressure for us to watch all of it we can just watch it see if we like it keep going if we want to don't have to no one's yelling at us and i feel like there's a lot of how there's a lot of yelling about ted lasso but it's from so many different sources that i'm taking it seriously and that's basically why we ended up watching it i I got apple plus for like three free months because i had to buy a new phone finally i spent Uh, eight years with the same phone i'm so glad i have a new phone anyway so we watched it and we watched the first episode because we're like, we'll try it out. And then it was like, oh, no, this is fantastic television. And it's so different in both its structure and how it gets you to keep watching the show compared to so many other dramas or comedies. It's it's a it's a dramedy. And so it like lands right in the middle. But I think it's I think it's very special in what it does. And so I just had to write about what makes it different and why that's a good thing. Nice. I feel like the only other show that has like a format that feels different as a comedy is The Good Place. Like that doesn't feel like a normal format. 
Yes. And actually, I don't know if um, the writers that wrote on The Good Place also wrote on this, but uh, I do know that many times when watching Ted Lasso, we were like, you know what? The writing for this really reminds me of The Good mm, Place. Cool. It's, it's not similar. The shows are completely different. Right. But there's something about the the cadence of the jokes and the heart behind it mm. that felt similar. Nice. So that's um, that's on our Patreon. Mm-hmm. Also, you we have our new bonus episode, which should be out now, mm-hmm. which is we're going to record. So we're going. It's going to be about. Okay, well, hold on. Before you say what it's going to be about, we did kind of promise one of our patrons that we'd do Die Hard. Back in July. Oh, we we promised. Did we say that? Yeah, we said you can <clears throat> tell us to do anything and we'll do it. And he's like, "Do Die Hard for Christmas." You're right. And I completely forgot about this. We have to do now. Die Hard. So I think we have to do Die Hard. Rats. We're doing Die you Hard. Know, as as Joey and Ross would say. Die Hard. Die Hard. Die Hard. Dude, you didn't say Die Hard. Okay, so um, our bonus episode. So I die guess this hard. month we're doing Die Hard. Yeah. We'll keep my idea uh, for next year. Yeah, that sounds great. I, I thought your idea was fantastic. Okay. Um, you'll have. Do to you want to tell the audience what it was? No, you'll have it? to wait until next year. You'll have to be a patron okay. to find out what it is. Um, So besides my article and all of our multitude of bonus episodes, we also have our monthly movie poll. And this month, we're going to be doing Christmas movies. Christmas movies. It's December for Christmas. Got to pick a Christmas movie. So the four options are A Christmas Prince, Holiday, The Best Man Holiday, and The Preacher's Wife with Denzel. So pop on over to our Patreon. That's patreon.com slash gents, And you can vote for which uh, movie we do at the end of the month. Mm-hmm. What's what's <clears throat> our post-Christmas hangover film that you'd like us to review? Yes, please, please vote responsibly. And our actually, we did get a, a letter letter this week um, from Kate Shaw of uh, Two Leading Ladies. Uh, another great podcast mm-hmm. um, by Two Leading Ladies mm-hmm. uh, who are the leading ladies of their own lives. Mm-hmm. Do you think they're also the leading ladies of each other's lives? I hope. I really yeah, hope. One one would hope. I feel like I'm the leading lady of your life. Nope. Nope. <laughs> Just nope. Uh, so Kate had to uh, a couple things to say about Devil Wears Prada, which was mm. uh, a couple weeks ago. And she just said, um, she wrote it to me in particular. And I feel so great about this because so few people write in and say, I agree with Kelly. So I'm just going to really milk this one for all it's okay, worth. Okay, it's fine. It's fine. I just have to say... Or I just have to let you know that you were 100% right about The Devil Wears Prada. Oh. It was only going to be one year. Nate was just a whiny baby because his girlfriend was busy working for her future. I even think it would have been a great idea to make Christian a character that was more supportive of her dreams so he had someone supporting her. But I really just think this movie wasn't even supposed to be about the romantic interest. Andy does not have one person besides arguably Stanley Tucci in her corner rooting for her. The scene with the friends being bitches after Andy gives them all of those nice presents makes me so mad. And Nate was being sarcastically rude when Andy went to apologize after Paris. I have so many feelings about this movie, but I love it. I just have very strong opinions. All right. So thanks. Soak thanks it for in. being right. Thanks. You're Thank all you, right. Everyone Appreciate disagrees it. with me. I'll just go home beatnik, be all by myself. Alone no, my Robin actually agrees with you. Oh, what did Robin say? 
Well, Robin, um, Robin agrees with me about like her friends and <clears throat> Nate being whiny babies, but she agrees with you about Christian that he is um, just a slime ball. Yeah, I think I don't think anyone's being like, oh, she should have ended up with Christian. Like, no, think. no, no, no. I, I I would never say that. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> yeah, we we uh, we're like, um, what are those two circles that like? Over- Venn diagram? Yeah, we're like a Venn diagram, and we're mostly aligned on most things. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. It's just a really fat middle on that yeah, Venn diagram. Yeah, exactly. Uh, well, Ryan, uh, thank you for, for perusing our letters, um, but can you look behind you and see if you got any rom-com Oscars on your shelf? Um, hold on. I have one. Just one. Oh, nice. I... Just, I'm going to give it, uh, what would you call this? I guess best costume design. Who's this going for? For the No, you did that already. You did that like two episodes ago. But. For Devil Wears Prada. It's not the costumes in the movie. It's the, it's the fins. Yeah. They did a really good job with that. They did a really good job with the fins. And uh, my, my Oscar is just going to actually compliment that. Um, Mine's going to be. Best subtle use of CG, <laughs> but there's no actual it's, CG. It's not this CG, is like but, after the fact. But it's basically they. What they did was, um, they. I, I'm assuming what they did was they basically made a plate when when her legs turn into the fins for the first time in the bathtub. Yeah, I don't. It's rem- a really. I don't remember a transition. I just remember it being legs and then no legs. No, no. She basically pours water on them, and right in front of your eyes, they turn into fins. And yeah, I remember like a shimmer. Yeah, it's I don't know what it whatever it was. It was very subtle. And Robin and I both looked at each other, and as filmmakers, we were like, "That was cool." Yeah, and it looked it looked pretty lo-fi as far as like I mean, they weren't using computers. They basically just put one celluloid over another one, faded the other one up, yeah. and. But they did it in such a way that was handled extremely well. So, you know, I don't have a lot of praise to heap on this movie, but I will say great job yeah, doing that. Yeah, totally. So those are, those are, I mean, there's not much else to praise here. Sorry, everybody. But I, I was just thinking as a film producer, I'm like, who do I go to about fins? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, good job for Brian James Grazer Cameron, figuring that out. nowadays. <laughs> you know, it's right? like that they did a good job on that. Um, well... In that case, Kelly, tell me, who the hell would you fall in love with in this movie? Are there any circumstances in which uh, the two of you might be more than just good friends? The truth of it is, I loved you from the first second I met you. But mostly I hate the way I don't hate you. Not even close. Not even a little bit. Not even at all. You have bewitched me, body and soul. And I love, I love, I love you. I know. So, um, there's the the guy uh, who works at the market. Um, he he's the guy that was getting married, right? You know, they went to right. his wedding, <laughs> and he he was the one who like had to deal with the guy with the cherries, and he gave him a whole bunch of bananas at cost. Sure. And he really seemed like he was there for Tom Hanks. And I, I like the look of him. He seemed like a pretty good dude. So I'm going to say him. Cool. Great. Yeah. Good choice. I, I, I'm going to call him Roy. He seemed like a Roy. Uh, let's call him a Roy. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to go with Daryl Hannah. 
because I would love it Shocker. if someone wants to bone me all day. <laughs> That's not why I'm thinking. I'm glad your wife doesn't listen to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I will say Daryl Hannah's persona does come off well, and she's great. Her character yep. is completely underwritten and completely underdeveloped, but Daryl Hannah is doing a good movie star job with this, and I was like, ah, I like being around you for hour and a half hour and 50 minutes totally sounds like love to me um well ryan what movie are we watching next week well we need to pick from our our special christmas list why don't you give me a number between one and 16 i give you the number yeah you give me the number give me a number i'll give you the number i'll give you the number right now give me a number 10 oh okay are you ready yeah are you ready i'm ready we're doing a castle for christmas oh yeah actually ryan and i really wanted to do this one so i'm glad we picked it first i can't wait i literally can't wait this is so excited harry elwis um brooke shields yeah yeah it looks like a netflix hallmarky rom-com but it looks like it has a lot of money and castles and carrie elwis in it so i'm pretty freaking excited if there's not a sword fight in this one i don't know what the producers i'm just fingers crossed i'm like can they do this can they make something that i want to watch and like want to watch every christmas because i really hope that would be great all i want is for netflix to come out with one really good christmas rom and not that it's like like elevated to like love actually standards or like the holiday it's It's just just, comfort food and and you don't roll your eyes at every other exactly just good enough please well um maybe maybe we will next week uh ryan i just want to tell you that i love the holidays almost as much as i love you Mm. and i want to say that i love you just a little bit more than the holidays that's basically the same thing yeah it's equivalent and this is where we will say a goodbye Ryan and Kelly must bid you adieu. Thank you for listening to our review. Rate and subscribe, we'll even take a bribe. See you next week on A Gentleman's Guide. To rom-coms.